Today we begin a brand new sermon series, sort of. Today we begin the final section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was teaching on a mountainside one day. His disciples were with him. Crowds filled the mountain. And people hung on the every word that Jesus spoke as he taught about life. And we have looked at what Jesus had to say in the Sermon on the Mount about anger and relationships and sexuality and judgment and finances and forgiveness. He just taught about life. People gathered on the mountainside that day enamored with what he would say. And now Jesus turns the corner and he's going to start his descent. He's going to land his famous talk and he's going to give a challenge. You have heard these words, now live them. You've enjoyed this talk, you found it interesting, I'm glad, but interest alone is not enough. Will you be my disciple? Will you follow me? And as you might guess, this final section of Jesus' sermon uses metaphors and word pictures to describe what a disciple of Jesus looks like. And over the next four Sundays, we're going to look at each of these four images of Jesus. And then we're going to wrap it up by celebrating the stories of how Jesus has showed up and amazed us over this last year. Jesus kicks off this section with a metaphor that's often misunderstood and has become one of the most controversial statements in the entire Sermon on the Mount. And you heard this statement read very well earlier by my neighbor, Henry. Henry lives just around the block. He's in second grade, and he and his family are a regular part of Ward Church. Thank you so much, Henry, for reading what Jesus said about the narrow way. We called this series The Grand Invitation. And the grand invitation is to become a follower, to become a disciple of Jesus. There were a lot of people in the crowd listening to Jesus on the mountainside that day. They were curious. They were interested, they were intrigued, they listened. But at the end of the day, most of them went home. Most of them would never hear or see Jesus again. But there were some people in the crowd that day who stepped out and made a commitment and became a disciple of Jesus. Not as many as you might think. Only few step up and follow the narrow way. And that grand invitation goes out to you and to me today. It's one thing to hear Jesus, to respect Jesus, to admire Jesus, and it is quite another to make a commitment to do, to follow, to do what Jesus said. The path of Jesus is followed by few. This image of a gate, a path, a road is a great metaphor for life. You know, I think of Robert Frost's famous uh, poem, when he talks about the road less traveled, it has made all the difference, he says in that famous poem. This is the stuff of graduation speeches. By the way, I want to express my sympathy to all of our graduating high school and college students who have been robbed in this season of many of the customary celebrations. I understand that a lot of schools are moving their commencement ceremonies to online, and this way you can avoid the crowds, but still hear boring speeches. Now, I actually like uh, commencement speeches. I think they're inspiring, and they're filled with these kinds of metaphors. Don't, don't follow the crowd. Be your own person. Forge your own path. Chart your own course. It sounds noble, 
And you may remember that the followers of Jesus in the first centuries were simply referred to as the way. That term Christian was not coined till many years later and it was originally given as a derogatory term. They were the followers of the way. They were the people of the way. Uh, I kind of like that title, The Way. You know, we get together and we could say, this is the way, which is a phrase now being used by Mandalorians in a very popular science fiction TV show right now. But Christians were the very first people of the way. I think it sounds kind of cool. So why were the words of Jesus about the path and the gate so controversial? They were controversial because of one single word, and the word is narrow. Jesus said, narrow is the gate. He said, narrow is the road that leads to life. And in our day, narrow is the mother of all insults. If anybody ever calls you narrow or narrow-minded, they do not mean it as a compliment. Don't say, well, thank you very much. You mean I'm single-minded? You mean I'm focused? You mean I'm thin? Um, Nope, they don't mean any of those things. Narrow is always negative. And so the picture of a narrow gate touches on a very deep concern that many good, thoughtful people have. And maybe you share this concern. And the concern goes like this. Christians say that what they believe is the truth. By implication, this means they think that people who believe other things believe something that's not true. If you say you believe there's a moral way to live, then by implication you're saying people that live a different way are living immorally. It kind of leads to judgment. Uh, Claims about truth lead, in this way of thinking, can lead to bigotry and judgment and intolerance. Therefore, according to this line of thinking, what we need to do is shed any claims of truth and adopt the idea either that there is no truth or that everything is simultaneously true. You have your truth, I have my truth, and the idea is if we would just downplay truth, then this will lead to greater tolerance and greater mutual respect. And maybe you've wondered something along those lines. Today I want to show you an example of how truth and love can coexist. His name is Jesus, and in our eyes, the life of Jesus looks like a great paradox. On the one hand, Jesus made statements that are outrageously exclusive in our eyes. Jesus said things like this. Jesus said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. He says there's a God, but not just God, there's the true God. And not just true God, but only true God. And not just only true God, but the only true God. That sounds very exclusive and that, that it was this God that sent Jesus Christ. Jesus famously made this statement about himself. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I am a way. I am one of the many truths. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life sounds, it sounds amazingly exclusive. And yet the same man who made these breathtakingly exclusive statements pursued relational connections that were breathtakingly and scandalously inclusive. Jesus touched the untouchable leper. 
He allowed a known prostitute to wash his feet with her hair. He commended a Roman centurion. He partied with despised tax collectors. He related to Jews and to Gentiles and to Samaritans, no matter their religious creed. He included women in his friendship and leadership circles. He welcomed children. He was the great includer. You might say Jesus was the most inclusive person who ever walked planet Earth. Jesus was narrow in his devotion to God, and he was broad in his relationships and love. He was narrow in his devotion to God, but he was broad in his love and in his relationships. Jesus was inclusive, not in spite of his devotion to God, not in spite of the fact that he held strong beliefs about truth, but because of that. It was his belief in truth that every human being is made by God and worthy of dignity. That's what drove him forward. Whenever anybody says they believe that every human should be created equal, that is also a truth claim. It's because of truth. It's a truth claim that is the basis for tolerance. A lot of people in our day write about tolerance, and that's okay. Tolerance, far preferable than intolerance. But as it is, tolerance doesn't go far enough. Tolerance means to endure or to put up with. And we are called to much more than tolerance. When Angie and I got married, I did not say to her, I promise to tolerate you from this day forward in sickness and in health for better or for worse. When I tuck my kids in bed at night, I don't say, oh, kids, daddy tolerates you so much. We don't, well, we might say that now in current homestay, but not usually. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does not say, tolerate your enemies. He doesn't say, put up with those who persecute you. He says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love everybody. Be broad in your love. Narrow in your devotion. G.K. Chesterton said this almost a hundred years ago. He wrote these words, What we suffer from today is humility in the wrong place. Modesty has moved from the organ of ambition and has settled upon the organ of conviction where it was never meant to be. A person was meant to be doubtful about himself, but undoubting about the truth. That has been exactly reversed. We are, we are not confident about the truth, but we're overly confident in ourselves. G.K. Chesterton says, said, we are on the road to producing a race of people too mentally modest to believe in the multiplication table. Jesus taught the foundation for both tolerance and love is the truth of God's kingdom where the law is love. And all that brings us to the narrow gate that Jesus talked about that is so important, that is so misunderstood, and to which we will be invited in this season and in this series. The narrow gate is not narrow-mindedness. The narrow gate is not the need to be right and everyone else to be wrong. The narrow gate is not intolerance. The narrow gate is doing what Jesus said to do. That's the narrow gate. The narrow gate is walking in the way of Jesus, following the one who mastered life and death, obeying what he says to do. Now, a lot of people choose not to walk in the narrow way 
because it sounds kind of constricting. Doesn't narrow sound constricting? But Jesus says it's actually the narrow way that leads to freedom and to life. Jesus said this famous line, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That last part there about you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, a lot of universities have adopted that as their motto. And you see it on crests and emblems and on buildings. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But they often leave out that first part. It's the teaching of Jesus. It's being a disciple of Jesus that that's what sets you free. That's what expands your horizon. The narrow way leads to freedom. Jesus says, follow the narrow way. Because if you don't choose the narrow way, if you just go on autopilot, if you drift, you end up on the broad road. The broad road is the default road, and that's why so many people end up there. And it seems like the right road. How could all these people be wrong? This is where most people are heading. Uh, but Jesus calls the question, will you be my disciple? Will you walk in the narrow way? Will you enter the narrow gate? This invitation goes to religious people too. I see it kind of a progression, this narrow way. You know, it starts out on the mountain that day. There were a lot of people in Jesus' day who were strangers to Jesus. Not everyone had heard about this famous rabbi. There were a lot of people he didn't know, never met, never saw. And then there were the admirers of Jesus. These people heard about Jesus. They flocked to hear him speak. Thousands of people would hang on his word. He was mesmerizing. He was intriguing. He had a big group of admirers. But then there were few people that became followers of Jesus. Starts wide, gets narrower, narrower, who made commitments to follow Jesus. This is what happened in Jesus' day and in ours. Actually, in our day, in America, in Western civilization, I think we've actually added one to the end here. There are the strangers to Jesus, the admirers of Jesus. Some would become followers of Jesus. But even in American religion, some will become users of Jesus. What I mean is there are people who want to use the death of Jesus to go to heaven after they die, but they say, but I, I, I don't want to be a follower of Jesus. I don't want to walk in the narrow way. I really just want the get out of jail free card. And Jesus has so much more in mind than just this. And over this series, we're going to talk about what it really means to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. We're going to look at that in the weeks ahead. That's the grand invitation, to walk in the narrow way. So for now, be narrow in your devotion to God and be broad in your love and relationships. This is the way. Heavenly Father, help us to understand these words of Jesus Forgive us when we've been narrow in the wrong ways, when we've been consumed with being right instead of being loving. Help us to prize the narrow gate of Jesus above all else and to walk the narrow way, to go the road less traveled, to discover the true freedom and joy that Jesus promises. Even in this week ahead, God, help us to turn our eyes onto Jesus and as we do so, may the things of this world grow dim in the light of his glory, in the light of his grace. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.